Hello and welcome to Mammon, Mike and Mike on Mike, a podcast where two Mike talk about their top fives. Today we're talking about our top five animated adult TV shows, which I think we've added in. We had a whole pre-planned list, didn't we? And then just went, ah, fuck it, this sounds like a good topic. <laughs> yeah, it's because I'd made a claim that like there's a lot of American adult TV shows out there, or you know, I mean, when I say it, American sort of language, American made, not sort of um, Japanese manga or an- anime or anything like that, because I'm not really into that, that I can probably just name random ones and have quite an obscure list. So I thought, why, why not? If you, it's interesting to say that, have you tried um, anime? I've attempted loads in the past. I've attempted recently on on um, Netflix, Castlevania, but I just can't oh, get yeah. into it. I've heard there's some really good ones, like Full Metal Alchemist and stuff. Yeah. I, try, I, I watched the first season of uh, Attack on Titan. That was pretty good. Yeah, again, another one I've heard is good. One Punch Man's meant to be good. Yeah, there's meant to be a lot of good ones, but I've just... I don't know. But even when me and you, when previously, before COVID, but it feels like so long ago since we did it, about our top 100 films, like How's Moving Castle and... Um, what's the, what was the other one? Spirited Away. I just didn't get them. Yeah. I, I don't know. I quite... I, I like it from a storytelling point of view because I think it's quite unique. But I think it's one of those that the more you watch, the more you'll get used to like certain things. Like one of the things seems to be like over reactions to stuff. Yeah. Like some of it's not subtle or some of it's really subtle, like some of the violence and stuff like that. But some of the comedy is like really <laughs> out there. Yeah, it's not quite. It's yeah, it's just we just have a different culture. That's all it is, isn't it? Yeah. But I think, but like I say, I think once I've watched a bit more than you, um, it sounds like with that. So it, I think it is. I think the more we watched it, you just almost become tone deaf to it. If you yeah. know what I mean, you ignore that part to focus on the good stuff. Yeah, I'd like to watch more. To be honest, the ones I've watched in the past are well. The only one I've really watched in the past is a, a um, vampire one called Helsing, and that's the only one really I've watched. Well, maybe get there. You go. There's our challenge for next year uh, to do this with top five animated. Well, anime. Top five animes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's going to be like, top five animated anime. <laughs> um, right. How's your week been? It's been all right. It's been two weeks now. We've had a little break, yeah. haven't we? Sorry about that, guys. The first break. Yeah, so this that, is season well, two. It was an accidental break as well. Yeah, we just completely ran out of time and realised we couldn't fit a recording session in. Yeah, we both just, well, most of me probably. I probably fucked up, but uh, it was just busy time, wasn't it? I think I was on late shifts as well, so there was only a certain amount of days that I could do. I reckon I reckon we'll steamroll through uh, the summer. Yeah, yeah. Annoyingly, I'm working all of the half-term. Yeah, you're selfish. Yeah. But on the bright side, it means I can completely, well, within reason, work around you. Because I've only got like four days that I'm busy. Yeah. Four days you're busy? Oh, what? Complete days. Well, we'll just have to do evening sessions. Yeah. But yeah, either way. How's your week been? Yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh, I'm half term, so I'm looking forward to just not having an alarm set. Isn't that like the worst thing ever? You know, like five years ago, I would have had like loads of plans for half term. I want to do this, this, and this, and now it's just oh yeah, no alarm. Do nothing. What a treat. <laughs> well, I've I've set no alarms for the past three months. I mean, the baby that wakes up at anywhere between seven and eight, you you know when you're waking up. <laughs> he is pretty like clockwork. To be fair, that's quite good. Yeah, and who needs sleep's overrated, right? Tell me about it. Never felt so fresh. <laughs> but are you just are you getting used to like how little sleep you function on now? Yeah, but at the same time, <laughs> I feel I'm getting more sleep. Do so you? Right, 
right now, Lauren is currently in bed. Um, we're recording this at half eight. She went to bed at eight o'clock. He's asleep. And this this is like the routine. Normally, it's me that takes him to bed and falls asleep up there. But bed, half seven, eight o'clock, fall asleep, wake up the next morning at sort of half six, seven. Like, we can't complain about sleep. <laughs> you've jinxed yourself. Now you've oh, fucked I know. it. Where's all the wood? Touch wood, all of the wood. <laughs> right, so, should we kick it off then? Well, yes. Before we get started, I was going to say, I did a little poll on um, Facebook and Instagram on people's favourite um, animated, well, adult animated TV show. Mm-hmm. And I'm intrigued if any of these make the list. So, in at number one, for the general public, was South Park. Can I guess? Oh, 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 yeah. oh I wouldn't have yeah. put that. I wouldn't have thought South Park, to be honest with you. I would have guessed I would have said two. Family Guy without a shout. Right, what do you think number two is then? Family Guy, surely. Simpsons. Oh yeah, is that adult though? I guess yeah, so. Yeah, I think it is. It's it's not for it is for kids, but it's also got that adult element to it. Um, number three, Family Guy. Yeah, number four, American Dad. Yeah, and we'll go with number five, Rick and Morty. I do apologise. American Dad is number five. American number four is something else. And it's not it's not Rick and Morty. It's not Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty did not do as well as I expected. What is it then? That surprised me. That Futurama. Oh, yeah. Which is a great show. So, Do you know what? Well, spoiler alert, Simpsons isn't on my list at all. And you know when I watch it now? Mm. Makes me feel like physically ill for some reason. Really? Yeah. That's really bizarre. And I think I just watched so much as a kid. See, I've love... seen like some episodes probably, I reckon, no exaggeration, I reckon I've seen some episodes 20 times. Yeah, I think that's a fair exaggeration as well. Fair um... unexaggeration. Um, Lauren genuinely hates The Simpsons and there's moments in my life when I try and reference it. You know when just... Because it is it is so referenceable, isn't it? Like, there's so many things. Oh, yeah. Happen. Shauna always says, like, you know, um, everything's coming up Millhouse, for instance. Yeah, yeah. But um, I was, if I was to say that to Lauren, she'd, like, shrug her shoulders and be like, I don't know what you're on about. She's, she, has she never really watched it she's either? She's never so really not... watched... But I found this out... Like, her sister's not either. So it's obviously their household. It's just really weird. So it wasn't... Ju- Maybe that's why you got married, because you were both... Obviously, uh, mentally abused by your uh, parents who stopped you uh, seeing certain things and doing things. What was it, your pe- what was it about your parents? That I, I don't criticized? know, but I, rem- I remember you doing this now. I'm really yeah. nervous to meet your parents, you know. <laughs> like, I'll be more nervous to meet your parents than any girlfriends because I've just talked shit about your family. About. <laughs> yeah. I've got another friend oh. who has previously, I've previously talked about him in the podcast, but um, another friend, Tom who genuinely hates The Simpsons, but not because mm. of its animation. No, he doesn't hate The Simpsons. I do apologise. I got this story completely wrong. He absolutely loves The Simpsons, but absolutely hates tennis for no other reason than it used to take The Simpsons off BBC Two when Wimbledon was around. Really? And he r- legitimately hates tennis with an absolute passion because of that. That's so interesting. Which I love. Do you want to hear the least favourite um, animated TV shows? Let's do it. Do you mean on the poll, I take it? Like, yeah, on the, on the poll. For the audience, yeah. How uh, many got zero? Two. These two. And it's F is for Family, which isn't on my list, but if you've not watched it, I highly recommend it. It is great. Never heard of it. It's on Netflix. It's really a great animated TV show. It's based on... Who's the guy... Oh, going to really bug me now, because I feel like his name begins with B. He's a big stand-up comedian in America. <laughs> that narrows it down. I know, right? Eddie Murphy? Guess who it is? Bill Burr. Dave, Ch- Dave Chappelle? Bill, Bill Burr. Burr. Bill Burr. 
he stars as Frank Murphy. And I think it's sort of meant to be based on the life of his, like when he was younger. So it's set in the 1950s, in the 1970s, sorry. But it's just a great little show um, just about this family life. It's a classic American sort of sitcom. But highly recommend it for those who haven't watched it. It's not on my list. Shouldn't really be talking about it, but clearly no one else knows about it. <laughs> and then the other one that got zero, which also again surprises me a little bit, but also not massively, was Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> God, I've never fucking heard of that. Have you never heard of it? It's basically, it's a bizarre show. It's about a meatball, a milkshake, and a um, bunch of American French fries. And they're just living in a house together. And their hijinks. <laughs> the classic tale. Yeah. But yeah, so those both got zero points. What annoyed me is the fucking show of Hoops got three votes and scored higher than Close Enough and Solar Opposites. <laughs> I like it was, uh, I like to think it was Kim a pro- and Adam. A protest vote. <laughs> Two of them, yeah. I, ha- I had, I was messaging Kim afterwards when, because she couldn't decide who to, what to vote for, Out of Paradise PD or Hoops. Um, and she sent me a message saying, I don't know what to vote for. And I said, basically, what this is showing is that me and her do not agree in the slightest about animated TV shows. <laughs> hey, we're always learning things. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's a little poll. Um, I'm intrigued to see if any of these make our lists. Well, you already know Simpsons is on mine. But other than that, let's see. Let's yeah. find out. Um, I want to do <laughs> an end of year blooper reel. Because when this comes out, people won't know how much of a shit show this... I mean, I know we're quite famous for having a bit of a shit show, but this is truly spectacular. (laughs) (laughs) So the audience has no idea that this is like third, fourth time that we've recorded me saying all that. And I just... I've given up. (laughs) I think we started an hour ago and we're not on top five yet. (laughs) Yeah, we did start an hour ago. It's just been an... It's because we had a week's break. Yeah, we're out of sync. It's like we're starting again. Yeah, it really is. Um, I'm just going to triple check that I am actually recording. I am recording now. It's all good. Okay. Um, yeah, it is like we're out of sync, and I we well, I can I say we can only apologise, but actually, the audience will never know. Or will they? Like I say, end of season blooper reel of how they, bad they, it can well, be. we can't we can't have a blooper reel because I forgot to record. Oh yeah, you are a piece of shit, Michael Ellington. <laughs> <laughs> it's just going to be your side, your one-ended conversation. <laughs> Um, right. Thank you for not being catty there and saying like it normally is. Uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Um, right. Shall we get into this top five? Yes, let's do it. All right. Starts off. My number five pick is a show called Ugly Americans. Uh, yep. I'm guessing you've never heard of it. No, I didn't hear it the first so time we recorded this and I have still not heard <laughs> it. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know how much you heard of me talking about it, so it's gonna it's probably gonna be fresh. Do you want me to try and explain um, it from the terrible audio quality that we got from last time? Yeah, come on. So Mike's about to explain Ugly Americans to you guys the second time because so what happened was the audio quality was absolutely atrocious. We're actually doing this via mobile phones now. We're not sure what's going on. Well, I think it was Wi Fi um, connection on one of our ends and we're not sure. Yeah, yeah not audio issues, but Wi Fi issues. So we're doing it via the mobile phones so yeah we'll see how much mike actually caught what is ugly americans about um they are ugly because they're monsters yes um monsters are involved and one of them turned himself into a zombie because a girl said she'd like him if he was a zombie and then when he turned into a zombie she turned out she then was like actually i don't like them 
yeah, that did happen. <laughs> and then anything, after, anything else after that amount? Okay, so the actual focus of the show is Mark Lilly, who's a normal American guy, mm-hmm. um, and he works as a social worker for the Department of Integration. Mm-hmm. So the people that sort of he sort of tries to sort of integrate into well, it's Manhattan where they live, um, aren't just sort of immigrants from other countries. They're monsters and all sorts of bizarre creatures, like a brain, literally a little brain, a koala man, things like that. Um, and it's just about the misadventures of everything that happens in this city. His boss is a demon. Um, he's got someone that works with him who's a wizard. And uh, his house, his roommate, like uh, Mike said, is a guy called Randall. And he became a zombie in an attempt to impress a girl, but it didn't really work. Oh. And it, it, it's a, quite a funny show. Highly recommend it. Only went on for 31 episodes, but it should have gone for longer, actually. It got sort of, it got quietly cancelled. It was one of those sort of shows. Yeah, that's always sad about yeah, they never actually announced that it had been cancelled, but it just never, no more sort of became of it. What was it on? So yeah, that's uh, Comedy Central. Nice. Yes. I think it's out of its syndication now by quite a distance. It was 2010 the show came out. Hey, once we've got Hogs of War 2 back up and running, we'll, Wait, we'll start am, on that. I am on a proper campaign trail to try and get Hogs of War 2. Well, do you know, I heard... We're still the only people who have hashtagged it. But... I've heard that uh, they're making a new time splitters. Have you? Yeah, and genuinely, this is a fact. Uh, apparently, said it's because of our podcast. Nice. Well, that, I thought that might have been the case. That bit's a lie, but apparently, there is a, a new time splits coming out. Nice. Well, we'll have to keep an eye out for that and do a live stream when it comes did, out. Did we have an influence? Probably not, but in my head, we're the reason. Just wait until Hogs of War 2. That's about. it. We move. <laughs> Talking of moving, shall yeah. we move on to number four? Do you want to do your number five? Damn it! Thought I'd got a good segue in. Um, Mate, we shouldn't have had this week's break. <laughs> it's genuinely falling apart. <laughs> right, yeah. Second, where's my number five? No, I just want to check my honorable mention is because I think I've messed up. Oh, right, there we go. Right, my number um, five because I'm a good mm-hmm. human being was on the. T- By the way, yes, there there is two shows that I'm really hoping you mention on this podcast and I'll be really upset if we get to our number ones and they haven't been mentioned no pressure I'm really counting on you here Mike <laughs> I am really counting on you so let, let's let's hear hear it and I'll, I'll tell you at the end of the whole episode whether they've not been included and then we'll have a chat about those two because I know for a fact we will well I, I right. think my number five was the listeners number one on the poll but because you actually if, for listeners that happened Five minutes ago, probably. For me, that was 45 minutes ago. So, <laughs> was it Future Armour? No, that was number four. Oh, the number four of our poll is my number five. Yeah, Future Armour. Love it. Great show. Yeah, it just... Do you know what? The one show as well, in my opinion, that's got the perfect ending. Yeah, but it... And it nailed the perfect ending a few times as well. Yeah, about to say, what about the original ending? I'm actually on about the new the new ending. I've not seen. I don't think I've watched any of the new stuff. Have you no. not? Okay, I'll let I'll let you talk about it. Sure, show. I just think for, you know, especially talking about like animated adult shows. Um, this was the mm. first time I feel like I've transitioned because for me, I know Simpsons technically is, but it's still a children's show as well. You know what I mean? Like I watched it as a child, whereas Futurama yeah. was the first time it made me feel. You know, even though I was I don't know twelve, thirteen, or whatever made me feel like a bit more adult watching a show like that. Oh, 100%. You know, because a like character the, like Bendy... The, jo- the jokes were hard and fast 
with the sort of innuendos in there sometimes, weren't they? Yeah, well, not even just like innuendos. Like sometimes when it's like you know that famous um, Bender line where he's like, "I'm going to make my own whatever it is with uh, was it oh, prostitutes yeah. and blackjack or whatever it is." Yeah, ep- episode two when they go to Mars. Oh God, you are a fan. <laughs> Yeah. So, but there you yeah, go. So that, that's the second episode. You know what I mean, like straight away, it's like it was these jokes. You know, it was it was enough like Simpsons to to be an easy transition, obviously, but it also um, yeah. had enough jokes that you felt like, oh, I don't know if I should be watching this, and I feel a bit adult watching it. Yeah, uh, just so you know, because of you talking about that, well, that episode two, I've now got Whalers on the Moon stuck in my head. <laughs> well, we're Whalers on the Moon. I'm going to tell we you, carry our harpoon. <laughs> You just bring that song in every now and then, just in this episode. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, some of the great episodes I remember, you know, just like top of my head. Yeah. The Slurm episode that was basically Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, I think... Probably one of my least watched episodes, which is weird. Really? Probably my most watched, I'd say. Yeah. Um, then this one, which probably about another show. Well, I won't say it because it's one of my picks, but you'll maybe know from this. This creature is probably why I like another creature on another show that we've both watched. Um, and that's the yeah. one with the poplars, I think they're called. These, like, fried chicken oh, things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jurassic Bark, obviously. Oh, just tears every Jesus time. Jesus Christ, yeah. Um, so that's the one, for those who don't recognise the title, that's the one with Seymour, uh, Fry's dog, uh, which is just always waiting for him. And then this one, I can't remember the name of it, and I don't know if it's the last episode or like it's definitely the last season of the you know, the original last season. Yeah. Uh, with the devil who plays the violin, the metal devil thing. Yeah. Is that the last episode? Yeah, and he trades hands. Yeah, yeah. Is that the last episode? Yeah. The last episode of the yeah. original series. And like yeah. I say, I remember that to be a perfect ending, really emotional. Um is there a big moment with Fry and Layla in that episode as well? Yeah. They... At the end of the episode, um he obviously gets his original hands yeah. back and Layla asks, um, Leela, not Layla. Oh, right. Leela asks um, Fry to play the... I forgot what it's called. Like, something... The Holophore or something like that. Yeah. Because it, like, makes a hologram, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, And she asks him to play it. It's bad, but it just basically shows those two holding hands. And I think the hearts play or they kiss or something like that. And it's just a really cartoonish image because it's Fry not being good at his uh, playing anymore. But yeah, it's, re- it's really nice and emotional. I agree. And the moment that stands out for me most... Uh, rather than episode, is where they're... Is it Shmoo? What is it? Moo Moo? Shmoo Shmoo? With the Amazonians? Oh, yeah, Snoo Snoo. And it's the reaction where the captain and Fry, they're like, you're going to get Shmoo Shmoo. They're like, oh, oh. Cheer, They're both excited and worried at the same time. Yeah, no, that's a great one. My One of my favourite jokes from Futurama is it's what from the holiday special in which uh I think it's the, the holiday special where um or there might be another incident where this happens and they're try they're trying to uh Bender's made his fake holiday and they're digging down for oil and suddenly a massive worm appears um and Professor Francworth goes, Oh my god, it's the albino humping worm <laughs> and then suddenly um the thing starts rocking and Fry goes, Why do they call it that? And like I said, the the thing the thing that they're in starts rocking up and down and Doc Farnsworth goes because it lacks pigment. <laughs> I just really like that. <laughs> Not referencing the humpy. Yeah, why? Yeah. <laughs> I just really really enjoy that joke. I, I think the last thing I'll say because it's just come back into my head as well. And I think it like it opens up nicely for me anyway for this episode because I'm not as into animated shows as much as you. Um, 
but I know some people are really not into it. You know, like you can only really watch live action. But what I'd say is, I think one of the beauties yeah. of animated shows, particularly sci-fi animated shows, is they can just do things that you wouldn't have the budget to ever do in live action, exactly, or would just be ridiculous. Yeah. Like when Bender becomes a god, essentially, when that like civilization starts yeah. growing on him, like you couldn't do that in live action. Like one, it cost too much, and two, it would just look ridiculous. Um, whereas it worked really well on that in that episode in that show. Yeah, and again, I think I can't remember the exact wording of the last line, but when God sort of gets him back to earth, and it's like sometimes um, you don't have to do anything to be sort of as good as you are. I can't remember the exact wording, but that's sort of like why, like they, it's just a great allegory for sort of God and the fact that he doesn't have to necessarily be doing stuff for you to believe in him. And I think that was quite nice, even though I'm not religious in the slightest. It was just a nice little message. Yeah. Uh, well, it did. It did tackle some big themes, though, didn't it? I think a lot of the shows I've picked do yeah. that. To be fair, yeah, no, one hundred percent agree. Uh, no, solid number five. All right. And moving on to our number four. My number four is a show I've definitely told you to watch. I think you've watched a handful of episodes, and I don't think you could get into it, but I might be wrong. Um, it's a mix of live action and animation, and it's Harmon Quest. I watched, started watching the first season, but I think I could only find like a dodgy copy. You know, I couldn't get it on any stream anywhere, um, and the quality yeah. wasn't great, so I stopped watching. But if that was on Netflix or something, I would have binged it up because I was really enjoying it up Which until it that point. Definitely needs to be. So for those who don't know, people, I'm sure most people would have heard of the main um, person in the show, Dan Harmon. It's his quest. Or maybe not heard of him, but what he does, maybe if you give some examples. He created, uh, well. Community, yep. Rick and Morty. Yep. Well, those are the two big shows, really, that he created. Um, and what he's decided to do is film him to... Well, his ex-wife, but at the time was his current wife, and then I think the second or third season, they'd actually been through the divorce, and they they handle it pretty well, I think. Um, and his best friend, Jeff... Uh, best friend, Jeff Davis. And there's also always a celebrity guest as well, so some quite big names in there, like Elizabeth Olsen was a guest at one point... Um, who plays Wanda from WandaVision. Um, it's just, uh, who else? Was Nathan Fillion, he's quite a big I guest that they've had. Fillion. But just random celebrity friends that they sort of know. And they play Dungeons and Dragons, and it's sort of all done by the game master, Spencer Critterden. Um, and he sort of narrates and talks them through it. And they're all shit at the game. They None of them know how to play Dungeons and Dragons. But that's what's quite fun about it. And when they're sort of doing the actions, everything's animated. So the whole show is animated on sort of like, showing what these characters are up to and every now and again it'll cut back to the live action but it's just very very well done and actually quite a good story do you know what as well like, i think to to sell it because that sounds okay but the reason i ended up watching it because i'm not a dungeons and dragons fan or well at least at that part i've, I've played a few times since we've had that conversation and i've watched a bit yeah um but back then i remember you telling me the story of how it came to be with the Dungeon Master. And that's when they watched it. I was like, that's so cool. That's what made me want to watch it. Did yeah. you want to explain that? So, yeah. So, Dan Harmon also hosts a podcast, Harmon Town. And he, in one episode, he starts talking about how he'd love to get into Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like this. Spencer Critterden's in the audience and he goes, well, I know Dungeons and Dragons. And they just, they start back and forth just chatting about Dungeons and Dragons while he's in the audience. Dan Harmon didn't know Spencer at this point, like literally nobody. And then a few 
few future episodes they start playing Dungeons and Dragons on the actual podcast and with him doing it and it's just a random guy he met in the audience of a podcast record that then got onto the podcast and now and since then has made it quite big on um, TV as well. well I just love that I hope he listens to our podcast because you start off saying really nice things about me like, oh this is lovely that someone sort of knows who I am is talking about me on a big on a podcast a big podcast by the way we uh officially played in more than three countries so uh <laughs> pretty much a big deal um but you say yeah. all these nice things and then you're like yeah he's literally a nobody when he meets him <laughs> <laughs> well he's a nobody like, when he meets him no one cares about him, not even his family and then he gets this opportunity <laughs> <laughs> but yes it's a very good show highly recommend it and even if you can't be asked to watch the show listen to the podcast because i've listened to just the dungeons and dragons version of the podcast you can find it on youtube and even that's quite entertaining but i'd say the show was far better so yeah definitely watch this animated show the, the, for me that that's yeah. what made it for me was the was the animations and then the fact that it was like live action at the same time uh, yeah it really worked a bit like yeah the page it was, master. yeah <laughs> but no <laughs> um yeah it's one that they need to do more of i think this sort of style of thing because it, it does work surprisingly well doesn't it i think as well that's a great way for people to break into Dungeons and dragons I think it's either completely, you know, like people around a table talking podcast style, or it's, you know, people have tried to make, like they're making a Dungeons and Dragons film, aren't they, currently? Yeah. Um, whereas to have that mix of it, I think, is is nice because you get the flavour of what Dungeons and Dragons is, whilst also, I think you've got to be a pretty big fan to enjoy it as a non Dungeons and Dragons fan, just listening to people talk about it, if that makes sense. Yeah. But what what also works for this, by the way, is it is a pure comedy. Like it is hilarious to mm. watch. Um there's a few heartfelt moments, um, but it is a comedy, so it's very funny watching and listening. I think it's a nice mix as well that even though like the comedians you feel like, Oh, it's gonna be stupid the whole time, they do take it fairly seriously at times, which helps it, yeah. I think. Except for I don't know if you ever got to Audrey Aubrey Plaza's episode, she just she just was her own chaos in it. She clearly made up the name of her character on the spot, Hawaiian Hawaiian Coffee. <laughs> um, and she just goes around. Her character needs bombs, um, and she just knows exactly what it's like. I'm going to open this door. It's like you can't open that door. How can you open that door? And she's just like one, two, three. Look, it's open now. And because she just says it, the Spencer just goes along with it because it's just funny. <laughs> and she just basically just makes up her own rules playing the game. So well, I think it works well then that the dungeon master is sort of got used to a bit, like you say, the chaos that goes on. Oh yeah, he definitely is. So yeah, that's my number four choice. Perfect. My number four choice is a lot more mainstream again. And again, I'm pretty sure it was on our poll. <laughs> um, and it is South Park. Oh yeah. Now, Still... South Park for Go me on. is, I don't really watch it that much anymore. Although a couple of months ago, I wasn't feeling well. I just wanted something easy. Uh, so I just put South Park on. Um it, I think it's one of those things that you, you really like when you're younger because it's edgy. Again, it was something I watched when I wasn't old enough to watch and it was so inappropriate for my age that it made it cool, I yeah. think. I think I think a lot of kids are like that. And then I think when you get a bit older, you know, when you can actually watch it, it's lost that appeal. But then something yeah. that I've noticed more since I'm older, you know, like even thinking back to older episodes or when I've like rewatched the odd one every now and then, is like the brilliance of it is how topical it is because of how cheap and easy it is to make the show. They can have episodes that are incredibly relevant what's going on in the world. Yeah. So like as you know, I think sometimes it loses. I don't think it gets enough respect sometimes for how 
much social commentary there is because it can get lost in its sort of crass humour, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah, I do get what you mean. And it's actually tackled some really good issues as well, I think. But like you say, it can be lost. People sort of shut it down saying, oh, it's just inappropriate. But actually, I think it does well what it does. And, and I think as well what's really good is it doesn't have its own political agenda or religious agenda. Like, it's, you know, it's taking the piss out of every religion, every side of the American political side. Do you know what I mean? Like, like no one's safe. You know, you can be a celebrity with a shocking past oh, yeah. and they'll have a go at you, or you can be a celebrity who's actually a good guy and well loved and they'll still take the piss out of you. Like, you know, they're just they're Well didn't they um like the famous uh Scientology episode in which um Isaac Hayes, who played Chef, was a famous Scientologist and he sort of didn't didn't was sort of saying, No, you can't be doing this episode and they just basically said, No, we can't sort of say no just because one of our friends is this. Like we're going to be doing an episode about Scientology because it is absolutely batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, but I think all of them are, aren't they? You know, if you if you look at it from a certain angle, um, yeah. and, and and that's what it is. It's just poking holes at inconsistencies and and funny things, and it oh, and and you know it creates conversation because of that. I think they really shot themselves in the foot for the past five years because they made um, Hillary Clinton go up against Mr. Garrison. Mr. Garrison was essentially their version of Donald Trump, and I don't think they were expecting Donald Trump, much like a majority of people, oddly, uh, they weren't expecting Donald Trump to win. And suddenly they'd lost one of their biggest characters in the show, because um, Mr. Garrison then had to go out to Washington to be actual... Did I say Prime Minister? I meant President. To be the pres- President of America. I know what you meant. And um, that sort of... It lost its sort of... It tried to go into a lot of... Um, in the more recent series... Uh, sort of what's the word serial episodes so like they'd be following on to each other and like the whole season would have an overarching story and I think that's when it started to lose it but recently I've I've watched um, they've done two pandemic specials they're on Comedy Central if you want to watch Mm. them and actually they're really quite funny they're really good really recommend them what I love about it like the, the exclusive hip club to be in is only going like only the elderly go to it because obviously they've had their COVID vaccines and no one else is allowed <laughs> to go into it and stuff like that. Like, it's really well done. As well as love, like, as well as you know, it's cleverness. My favourite is just when they take something I love and base it around an episode. Like they've done a Lord of the, Lord of the Rings episode where their kids are taking back like a porno, but they don't yeah, realise a porno. And and the, put, be- the fifth graders are after them. Aren't yeah, they? exactly. Like the orcs. And then you've got the Black Friday episode, which I think was Game of Thrones. Yeah, uh, and then they've got this sort of weird hybrid episode. It's a bit like Stargate. If you used to watch Stargate show, um, what's that episode? That is three part called Imagination Land. Oh, Imagination Land is fantastic. It's, it's genuinely, that's genuinely great TV. Like it's brilliant. Um, yeah, and that's that's the ones that I love that had that were based around a film or a show, and that was the premise. Yeah, they do like sort of superhero ones i think where cartman's kind of like a batman character almost yeah um and he, he's the coon yeah that's he? right and yeah that they're my they're my favorites where it's based around something like that because it's just enjoyable watching because again as always they you know poke fun of whatever their film or tv they're paying homage to or, or just completely ripping off <laughs> absolutely um, one of my favorite episodes is the world of warcraft episode. yeah another great episode so well done so well done and as someone who has played a little bit of, not much, but I've played a little bit of Lord of the Rings, in the, uh, not Lord of the Rings, uh, World of Warcraft, the past, World of Warcraft, there was a lot of actual, it wasn't just taking the piss out of World of Warcraft, you know, for people who aren't, because I think that, you know, that was a classic, wasn't it? You know, people are 
geeks or whatever Absolutely, back then, yeah. you know. Whereas it was actually like for the fans as well, because it was like you know taking the mick out of things that you'd only sort of know or appreciate if you'd actually played the games, and it's the you know, things that you were also be like, yeah, you're right, that is annoying. That's for, you know what I mean. I just I think that was again the striking a balance of getting it for all parties was you know just brilliant within itself. Yeah, no, I completely agree. No, great number four choice. Right, let's switch to your number three. My number three is another show you definitely wouldn't have heard of. It's called Mike Tyson Mysteries. That's the next one. Is it actually? No, it the same. So we both know about this show. Do you want to tell the audience about it then, Mike? Um, basic. So Mike and Mike and Mike on Mike. So Mike Tyson in the very first episode um, is eaten by his like famous pet, pet tiger, but his soul lives in on the tiger, and so it's the show of this tiger, but actually it's Mike Tyson. In its in its body, like, that sounds pretty cool, <laughs> but it's definitely not that. I would watch that though. <laughs> I would watch this, that, but I'd also watch this, and I do watch this. So this show I'd completely forgotten about until my, I think my friend mentioned it to me. I was like, "Holy shit, it's a great show!" Um, and I don't think I've ever finished watching it. Um, but I started reading. Is this friend a friend of the show? It is. Who's this friend? Cole. Shout out to Tom. Cole. 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 Yeah. Sorry, Cole. Um, carry on. Um, yeah, so Mike Tyson Mysteries is it stars Mike Tyson and he plays himself, and I don't understand why he agreed to play himself because it's just absolutely humiliating. <laughs> like he's just basically thick as shit. Yeah, the, the and the lines are clearly written for him to be thick as shit. So like in episode one, he um has to go. There's something about beating up the chupacabra, and he goes and beats him up. But he can't say the word Chupacabra, so he's always like, the Chukamunga. I'm going to go beat up the Chukamunga. And stuff like that. It's like, Chupacabra is a very difficult word for Mike to say. <laughs> and it's just it's just ridiculous. So it's about Mike Tyson. His uh, adopted daughter, Young He Tyson. Um, a pigeon who's actually a human, but been, had his, um, been cursed to turn into a pigeon sort of thing. So he's a pigeon now, but with human emotions. Much like, what's another character like that? The pig from... Um, Disenchanted. Oh yeah, um, yeah, similar sort of characters like that. And then the Marquis of Queensbury, who's um, played by Jim Rash from Community, plays the dean. Oh yeah, I love him. Yeah, and he's a flamboyant uh, sort of ghost type character. Um, but yeah, so it's just it's just they basically they get messages on uh, pigeons for mysteries that they have to go and solve. <laughs> and like the second episode. Um, what is it that happens? That's it. So he, uh, they, they get a message that they realise is from an old IBM computer that says help, and they realise the IBM IBM computer is at a chess tournament. Um, it's going to be playing against another chess person, and so they go there to sort of try and work out the mystery. And I won't spoil the mystery and everything, but at one point, uh, he's talk- uh, Mike Tyson's talking to a guy who says that he's a chess grandmaster. So Mike Tyson turns around and punches him in the face and knocks him out. <laughs> Saying that he'd, I know that I'd agree to put down my fists, but I only said I'd put down my fists um, as long as I didn't ever encounter a time machine and uh, Adolf Hitler was on the other side, or I came across the Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. So basically, <laughs> he thinks the chess grandmaster is the Grand Wizard, so he knocks him out. <laughs> it's just absolutely ridiculous, the whole show. And Mike Tyson just, he comes across as an idiot, but actually, you know what? Fair play for him to, for doing the role. It's very, very funny. And each episode is only 10 minutes long as well. It's sort of stylized like an old Hanna-Barbera sort of cartoon. 
you know, the like 1970s sort of mystery ones that they had. Yeah. To to be a bit of a negative Nancy here, mm-hmm. um, playing devil's advocate, because I've not thought about this enough to really formulate opinions, so I'm going to throw you under the bus and make you commit one way or the other. If Mike Tyson was a famous boxer now, or just recently retired, he would never be allowed to do a show in comedies like this because of his past. I mean, he literally went to prison, he thought, for, was it rape? Oh, yeah, no, I 100... Do you not think it... I completely agree. I think it's nuts because you're saying that, you know, when you were telling me about it, I was just like, oh, that's so sweet, like Mike Tyson, oh, it's so nice, he's such a nice guy, you know, like, be willing to poke fun of himself like this. And I'm like, wait, isn't he a piece of shit? I mean, I guess everyone's allowed to sort of be redeemed, isn't it? But... you know, that's a different topic for another time, isn't it? You know, like, when's too far, too far sort of thing. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because he's looking Take to have another chance. away from the Yeah, art. definitely. And I agree with that to a, to a large degree. But isn't it... It's just weird, isn't it, that he's able to get this show. But if he'd committed these sort of crimes within the last five years or so, he probably wouldn't. Yeah. and No, I could do completely agree. I always think the same about um, Cheryl Cole. Cheryl Cole? She lit... Yeah, she literally... Um, punched a woman in a toilet and called her a f**k and told her to fuck off. And now she's beloved by the whole of the UK nation. Jesus. Yeah. And now you're going to have to have your first bleep swear word where you've got to try and keep the first bit in. But bleep the second So people part. know what I said, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I do agree, but it is a fun show. You know, another thing I love about it, Mike Tyson at one point goes to visit his brother, I use in quotation marks to help solve a mystery, and his brother is um, Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So they pretend in the show that they're brothers. And he's actually played by Neil deGrasse Tyson as well. Yeah, it's a very funny show. I highly recommend it. Nice. What are we on now? Number three? Yeah, number three. My number three started the day as number one. Oh. Yeah. Um, it is Rick and Morty. It's a great show. Yeah. Are you smart enough to understand Rick and Morty? I don't know if you insulted me that I'm an idiot or you're just saying how complex the show is. <laughs> no, I'm basically insulting all those fanboys who say... Like, people basically say that the show is so intelligent. Why are you liking it? Like, it's only meant to be liked by intellectuals, not you, which is absolutely dickish. I'd, I'll be honest, I don't think it's that complicated. No, nor do I. <laughs> I think, yes, it's got more intricacy than The Simpsons, maybe, let's say. But The Simpsons isn't trying to be super intricate. Does that make sense? Like, it's yeah. it's trying to be what it is. Mm. Um, I, I just... I just think there's a lot of brave storytelling in there. I think to have such an incredibly unlikable protagonist who literally is centred around the show is 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 genius. Yeah, the fact that yeah. it works. Um, I, I I think the fact that you've got this classic because of his you know his his gun, you've literally got this sort of you know zany episode of the week. But even before they started having you know like overarching story arcs like it has reason like evil morty it's still yeah. things carried through and there were like minor changes between characters and things like that um i think the first spoiler alert the first season halfway through where they suddenly destroy their planet and have to find another planet or another universe to sort of go live in and they kill the rick and morty of that universe and bury him in the garden like that's such bold storytelling <laughs> yeah and and action, and this is the the thing that can frustrate me with with anime. Well, just comedies, I guess, live action or that. Is I, I find it difficult when shows just reset at the end of an episode. That's what I used to yeah, struggle with. In the past. Yeah, yeah. struggle with Simpsons in that I think as well because just nothing had any stakes or importance. Whereas even when it's not completely serialized, Rick and Morty, it is just 
you know, a bit more like in the first season and apparently what they're planning to do with the new season where it's just, you know, zany episode of the week. Um, things still do carry through. You know, mistakes oh, get yeah, brought back absolutely. up again or characters pop up again. And I just love that. Oh, yeah. Characters have died and then that's, they're sort of showing in sort of teasers at the end of episodes mm. and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I agree. I like that side of it as well. And it is just a fun show. Yeah. They, like, you can clearly tell. So, uh, Justin Roiland, I think he appears at one point, actually, on Harmon Quest. But you can tell he's a great improviser. And a lot of what he says is just him improvising, isn't it? Yeah. Like, that's how, that's how the, um, I forgot what the actual exact title of it is. But you know the TV episodes that they do? Yeah. That's how they sort of came about. It's just him randomly improving random shit down the microscope. Microscope? Microphone. Well, in fact, I'll, I'll say this point I was going to say uh, later. I won't say it now. But um, favourite episode. Do you have a favourite episode before I tell you mine? Hmm. Or do you want me to tell you mine whilst not, you think not, Yeah, tell you, tell you yours and have a think. I think it's called Total Rick Call. Yeah. And it's the one where they've got those sort of like replicant things that, that or create false memories. Yes. Um, that's one of my favourite episodes. It's so good. And then the twist. But the thing is, like, it's just a stupid animated show episode, you know, where they feel like, again, there's no stakes. But then when Mr. Poopy Butthole turns out to be real, I was genuinely yeah. devastated. Yeah. No, I love That's a great episode, actually. Um, and yeah, it just, I don't know, just made me smile. And it, um, it's that I just for me that that's a great introduction episode for people I think who aren't sure about if they'll like Rick and Morty. Um, yeah, I think it just it shows this absolute zaniness of it. It does, but it also has the heart I think as well with little things like that in, at the end. Yeah. Um, and also it does show you quite well all the characters, like the fact that um, Jerry's so insecure in himself. Beth's like quite a tough woman, and she doesn't need anyone else. It shows you all their sides to it. All. Yeah, yeah, you get a lot from their character in such a interesting one episode. You're right, actually. So um, yeah, that's my favorite episode. Do you have yours? You know, what? I'd actually pick that one probably. I've had, I've got a card game based on that episode as well. No wait, why the fuck have you told me that? I would have liked you so much more if I knew that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like so? So I've got a card game based on Total Recall. You've just gone at one point. Cheers. Um, yeah, basically, it's the same game so you have a load of cards in front of you you have to try and guess which one's the imposter and who's real and um there's certain things like i think what like you might know but you're not allowed to share that, that information with the person next to you it's been a long time since i played it because we've not been able to see anyone um but then there's also like a harder version of the game where like some of you might be imposters around the table as well as the cards in the middle and it just adds that extra twist to it so i think if you kill three real people obviously you lose the game nice. yeah it's a good game Right, should we move on to our number two? Yeah, let's do it. My number two is a show that, considering you said you like um, shows that sort of continue on from each other, mm-hmm. this one, each like it's got overarching storylines across both seasons of the show. So there's only been two seasons so far. And with each one having real repercussions as well to the actual show. Um, and it's a show called Harley Quinn, based on the character Harley Quinn from Batman. So you can find this on Channel 4 if you've not... Well, you could find it on Channel 4. It's now... I went to go rewatch it recently. It's actually been removed from 4OD for some reason. But I imagine it'll come back eventually. But it stars... Um, I can never pronounce her name. So I'm going to attempt it. But Kaylee Kakoo from Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Um, she stars as um, Harley Quinn. I can imagine her voice working for it. It works really well, actually. It's the voice I have now in my head. And um, she's... 
decided to ditch Joker because he's a absolute Joker and he clearly doesn't love her. He j- I think he just abandons her when um, in a fight against Batman she gets taken to Arkham and then he never comes to sort of free her from Arkham. And while in Arkham she befriends Poison I- Ivy and they sort of have a really great um, friendship in the show. And she decides she needs she wants to join the Legion of Doom and make it as her own sort of super villain. Um, so she forms a crew involving um, Clayface, uh, Killer Shark, and Doctor Psycho. Doctor Psycho. <laughs> this is definitely going to be a bleep. <laughs> but <laughs> Doctor Psycho. So he's shown on TV to begin with. He's part of the Legion of Doom as is on his own without needing the team or anything. He's part of it. And he's in a fight with Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman does something that kicks him or punches him or something like that. Can't remember exactly what. And while being filmed on the news network, he shouts out, Oh, that fucking hurt you. And then everyone just stops and stares at him. And the Legion of Doom kicks him out because they're not, they don't want to be associated with someone who's so evil. <laughs> it's just really quite funny that he just gets kicked out for calling her this. And it's like the worst, worse <laughs> than any like murder or anything that anyone on the Legion of Doom's done. And like he has, like they try to get him to issue an apology to Wonder Woman. He has to try and prove he's not um, misogynist. It's really, really funny. But yeah, the whole show is just really, really good. And it sort of the whole sort of season one arc is sort of her trying to become part of the Legion of Doom and the Joker also being a bit of a side character, being a bit sort of like twisty with everything. I really don't want to spoil too much because it's a show that I really recommend for everyone. And for those, it's done in the same animation style as the old classic um, Batman cartoons from our youth, um, which I really like. Oh, that's cool. But um, <laughs> like uh, Batman and, uh, what's his name? Commissioner Gordon. Their relationship is absolutely hilarious because Commissioner Gordon at one point just gives up on life because Batman doesn't really want to be his friend. Um, Commissioner Gordon's a raging alcoholic in the show and just always drinking. Batman just gets annoyed with him. Like, because at one point, Commissioner Gordon just wants to use tanks, and Batman's like, no tanks. And then he calls up Commissioner Gordon and realizes that Commissioner Gordon's riding in a tank. And it's just very, it's just a really fun show. Highly recommend it. And That's so odd. I've, n- I've never seen DC talk, sort of take the piss out of itself. So oh, no, it massively takes the piss out of itself in the whole show. Um, it's really, that's what I think I quite like about it is the fact that it nothing takes itself seriously. At one point, like, Harley Quinn gets a um, nemesis, and she's really excited, thinking it's going to be Batman, um, and suddenly Robin appears. But he's voiced by Ch- Jacob Tremblay, who's quite a big child actor, isn't he? I can't think what he's been in, though. But I know he's been in a lot. I think he was in... He was in the, you know, Room, which won um, the Oscar. Did it win yes. an Oscar, or Brie Larson the won did. the Oscar? Yeah, well, either way, it's an Oscar yeah. film. But... Yeah. <laughs> Robin appears and he's just this squeaky voice teen who is talking about being his um, Harley Quinn's nemesis and Harley Quinn's getting annoyed because everyone keeps on talking about Robin as being her nemesis and he's it's it's very funny really recommend the show Hi, like go search for it if you've never watched it and season two the ending oh my god like if they'd ended it there it would have been bold not bold because it was a fantastic ending but I'm glad that there's another season coming what's it on again channel four but like I said, it's been taken off the um, uh, Channel Four OD for some reason. But I imagine it'll come back. At some yeah, point. it'll just probably get ready for season. Like they'll probably do it near season two to try and get more views. Exactly. Yeah, highly recommend it. Nice one. So my number two, uh, I want to hear after I spoke about it a bit where it would have been on your number five because I'm sure you would have picked this, but you knew I would, so you didn't. Mm-hmm. And it is Solar Opposites. Yeah. So I 
introduced you to this yeah. show, didn't I? On our first meetup that we were ever allowed inside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, go on. I'll let you talk about it. It's your pick. Well, Soul Opposites is created by one of the creators from Rick and Morty. Um, yeah. And it's very, very similar in a lot of ways. The animation style is similar. The humour is overall similar. But I think what's nice for me, I think some people maybe don't like it as much. Maybe like some of those kind of hipstery ones like you mentioned, like you've got to be super intelligent to get Rick and Morty, even though you don't, is the fact that it's not as dark as Rick and Morty. It's more no. light-hearted and it's, um, it's, more, it's, it's easier to digest, I think, in terms of like, you could just binge it all and have a good time and not, and then just switch off and do something else. Whereas sometimes Rick and Morty can almost feel heavy after a while. Um, yeah. Have you finished both seasons? No, I've just not had time. It's so busy. Um, but yeah. I've, I'm looking forward to watching season two. Um, and then what's really, really cool about it is this idea. I think I spoke about this. Have you actually said what the show's about? Solar Opposite. Oh, yeah. So it's about um, <laughs> a pl- an alien planet blows up and they all go on essentially live pods to try and find a new planet to. Um, either take over or sort of fix up there and, and move on somewhere else. And they crash land on Earth in a, on a house. And they've been there at the start of the show. I think they've been there about a year. Uh, and they're essentially yeah. trying to either, one, fix the ship so they can go somewhere else, or two, have this little creature that they have um, mutate and terraform Pupa. the planet for them. Yeah, the pupa. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's nice because you've got an A plot and a B plot. Um, like Rick and Morty, like with the A plot, Rick and Morty is Rick and Morty on their adventure, and then the B plot is normally like Jerry and stuff like that. Uh, You've got the two adult aliens, who are normally the A plot, and then you've got the two sort of teenage aliens, who are normally at high school, and they're the B plot. So they're replicants of the adults. Yeah, exactly. But what's great is because they also have a C plot, which ends up being the best part of the show, and it's sort of how you sold it to me. It's sort of hinted at during the B-plot occasionally, and it doesn't really come massively into play um, for a little bit, does it? No, like I say, it starts off as a B-plot thing for the first two episodes, and then just becomes its own C-plot that's sort of completely disconnected to the rest of the show. So um, the teenage boy uh, gets a shrink ray and starts shrinking people that annoy him. So like one guy farts in the elevator and blames it on him. I think his name's Corvo. No. No, Corvo's the main... Terry Corvo. Yumulak. Yes. Um, Yumulak, uh, yeah, someone farts in the elevator and blames on so he shrinks him. And he has this this wall full of tiny boxes that have these tiny people in. Um, it's almost like each one's like a mini hamster cage. Yeah, exactly. Or it's, I'd say actually more like an ant farm. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, yeah, as the, as the show goes on, you, you see that they're actually building like, their own little civilization and have like, a hierarchy, uh, a bit like... Um, one of your favourite Netflix TV shows with the train. Snowpiercer. Yeah, Snowpiercer. Um, a lot of similarities with that. Actually, yeah, you are right. There is and I was telling my friend, actually, I read a book called Wool that I think is getting into a film. And it's mm. so similar. Like, so similar. Just about, like, the lower downs trying to overthrow. Yeah, the, the uppers, yeah. And, um, yeah, and then episode seven, the penultimate episode of season one, the whole episode is completely based around uh, the wall and uh, trying to topple the the sort of corrupt leader of the wall. It's so good. Like, like I say, for yeah. people, it's worth watching just for the wall episode. Like, and like the whole show is surreal humour, absolutely surreal humour. The wall, very, very little um, comedy moments in it. I nearly there? cried like, at one point. Yeah, it's so, it's bizarre. 
It really is. Like, words can't explain how... Like, so I remember trying to explain it to you about how good the wall episode was, but trying not to explain it because I didn't want to spoil anything about it. I think it. in total, across the first season, there's 35 minutes of the wall, and most of mm. that is from one 22-minute episode that's just the wall. But in that yeah. 35 minutes, they set up a story that's like a complete movie and they've actually done better world building, better character development, and more heartfelt moments than some genuine blockbuster films I've seen. Like, I can't yeah. recommend Solar Opposites on Disney Plus enough just for the wall. Because I'd say that the sort of the, the, the main storyline, so to speak, the, the alien, is like a 6.57 out of 10 for me. It's nice, it's you know, light-hearted, it's easy, but it's nothing amazing. Yeah, easy to drop in and but out of it. But the wall part makes it a 10 out of 10 for me. Like complete ten out of ten. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. Um, yeah, where would you have put Solar Opposites if you knew I was in? I was because you knew I was going to pick. It probably would have been my number one or number two choice. Nice. I don't know. You, I'm I'm hoping there's something else that appears, but we'll mention it if not. But yeah, great, great shout because you know it's one of my favourite shows at the moment. Correct. I've rewatched both seasons probably like three times already. It's so good, isn't it? Yeah, and you find stuff in it in each episode that you don't didn't previously. Yeah. And that's what I quite like about those sort of, sort of shows, especially the wall bits. Because something that you pointed out that I didn't realise is there's a during the whole wall episode, you see the main characters in the background, like, and they're like going to the zoo or something. Yeah, and you can work out exactly what goes on from even though they don't talk, they're just in the background. Um, yeah. It's and I just never noticed it. It's so clever, so clever. Mm. And do you know what else is interesting? Because it's not Dan Harmon. It's the other half of the Rick and Roy creators. What's his name again? Justin yeah, Roiland. Just, Justin, Justin yeah. Roiland. And he always comes across as the, the bit of the crazier, zanier, weirder one. So you'd think it'd be almost like looser as a show, you know, like like those TV episodes he does. But actually, yeah. it's in some ways tighter than Rick and Morty. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Which I find really odd. It's more restrained, but I think it works. No, I completely agree. Uh, right, I could talk about solar episodes forever. So uh, before we end up with another with our first two-hour show, should we move on to our uh, honourable mentions? Yeah. How many have you got right. this week? I'll go with one. Oh wow! This one, this one got knocked off my top five list by Mike Tyson Mysteries. Yeah. So I think it's only fair. Yeah. Um, it's a show that only lasted for one season. Mm-hmm. Was written by Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, and Bill Lawrence. Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, they did uh, the Lego movie mm-hmm. um, and Kick-Ass? Spider-Verse. Spider no, they didn't do Did one of them do kick I'm not aware of that if they did. I'm going to quickly Google it while we're on the thing. Kick-Ass movie. Matthew Vaughan did. What about the writer? So, is that the writer was um, Jonathan Ross's wife. Oh. Jane Goldman, yeah. thought it was. I knew that fact before I looked it up. Um, yeah, so not Kick-Ass. Uh, but yeah, so they did... Uh, I think they did a bit of community as well. Right. And they did a bit of those episodes, uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Some great movies, to be fair. Um, and Bill Lawrence, creator of Scrubs. Oh, I love Scrubs. Yeah. So what the show's about is it's set in a high school, and it's sort of very similar to sort of proper sort of like um, high school dramas like The O.C. and Beverly Hills, 90210, Dawson's Creek, and all that sort of stuff. And in the high school, it's um, made up of clones of famous figures. So... A sort of laboratory has made clones of all these people like Abraham Lincoln, Joan of Arc, Gandhi, uh, Cleopatra and JFK. Those are the five main characters that you encounter in the show. And they put them all in this high school together. And it's just about their little drama and what happens. And Abraham Lincoln's the main character. He's played by Will Fort. And it's just a very, very funny show. And just what they get up to. It got cancelled very early. 
like, like I say, after one season, I, I can't remember exactly what happens in the final episode, but someone's seen kissing someone else and it's a big like, oh my god, what the hell? And then suddenly they're all frozen in stasis and they're like, tune in next season, but it got cancelled. And I think that was because of their depiction of Gandhi. Gandhi wasn't very like, once India realised, um, found out about Gandhi um, in the show, he Gandhi had basically reinvented himself over the summer to be a cool, laid, laid back, drinking sort of like party goer and obviously people didn't like the idea of Gandhi being depicted as going to parties and stuff like that and they tried to they suggested to the network okay we'll get rid of Gandhi for the next season like we won't do it but I just don't think it ever happened however it's been recently announced that it's going to be rebooted for HBO Max oh that's awesome two seasons so despite being cancelled back in 2000 I think it was it's a very quite an old show well I guess it helps that they've all become bigger yeah 2002 yeah and since then they've it's it stars loads of um scrubs alumni so um nicole sullivan who played that character who got bit by rabies or not bit by rabies but but had rabies and they gave all of her organs to all those people who died yeah she was a very annoying character in the show but um she plays uh joan of arc <laughs> kristen miller who plays um jordan from scrubs oh yeah she's cleopatra i think that's bill lawrence's wife isn't it? yeah it is um so she plays cleopatra uh, Zach Braff's in it, as well as Sarah Chalk. They play these... Um, well, uh, Sarah Chalk plays Marie Antoinette, and Zach Braff plays Paul Revere. Uh, you've got Neil Flynn, who's the janitor. He plays Julius Caesar, Buddy Holly. Donald Faison plays Martin Luther King Jr. Like, it's got basically all of the scrub stars in it. That's really and It's cool. just a great, really, really enjoyable show, but it ha- didn't last long enough to actually have an input to make a list, in my opinion. It died before it got anywhere. But I'm glad to hear it's coming back. Oh, nice one. I look forward to that. I think I'll wait for the reboot then. Yeah. Yeah, they're all returning the original creators, so hopefully it'll be good. Right, what's your honourable mention? It's a show that I'm not a particularly big fan of now. Okay, well, what was the point of mentioning that? Okay, sorry, we'll move on then. Right, moving <laughs> on to one. Um, but I remember watching it a lot as a child. Again, a bit of a gateway show into adult animation. Like, I don't know if I would have watched things like Rick and Morty and Solar Opposite if I didn't used to watch this, if that makes sense. Sort of like normalised yeah. adult entertainment, uh, adult animation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is Family Guy. Yeah, I knew it was going to be that. Um, I, I, Dropping quality, isn't there? Oh, yeah. I'm not a particularly big fan now. And, it, you know, the cutaways became too ridiculous. And like one of my favourite parts of Imagination Land is they show you how they make the storylines for Family Guy. Do you remember that? Yes. Where they've got they're the manatees picking, like, who pick yeah. like a famous actor from like the 80s or something some sort of like date setting or something uh and then a, a food item and then the mantis pick like william defoe cheese and like a, a date at a restaurant or something like that and then they they put the sketch together and it's like oh my god that literally could have been made by family guy creators it's like yeah. that it feels exactly like how they do it and the cutaways yeah. the cutaways are more forced than my um segue sometimes as well <laughs> yeah no i completely agree it's it's grown to it's grown beyond what it became what it was originally i think yeah. there's there has been some good episodes recently there was a great episode in the safe with um just brian and stewie it's just the two of them and it talks about sort of depression and all that sort of stuff and it was a great episode but other than that it's just been a bit same old when it do you know when it really started to get into me i don't know if you watched as far as this but um whenever they had cut to conway twitty to who? conway twitty he's a um country singer i'm guessing you didn't even get that far no, I don't think so I did. in um like they did it as a one-time gag it's like randomly sort of like the episode sort of like instead of going to commercials you go ladies and gentlemen mr conway twitty and it cut to him like singing a little bit of his song 
but then they repeated it like three or four times and the final time they played like a whole performance of a song for three four minutes and it was like you've clearly run out of ideas for this episode yeah it just like it's not got enough steam here yeah and that's what i felt sometimes the cutaways ended up being massive fillers to get to the end of to get to the end of the episode yeah, whereas before they were like few and far between, but they were funny because it was just like, what the fuck? Ha ha ha. Classic family guy, but not too often. Whereas, yeah, it became too, too much. I saw an interesting video. Yeah. It's a really interesting YouTube channel. I think I've talked, I might have talked about it before. It's called, I think it's called Entertainment Elk. And he does two yeah. series, The Death of a Show. So, like, have I told you about it before? No, so, I've never heard of it. So it's really good. So he does like When the Office Died. So he looks at like episode, like three or four episodes, you know, that people famously say this is when the quality drops when the show died. And then he'll make yeah. like, it's like a video essay as well. So it's really well thought out. He'll give his argument for when the he thinks. So like, obviously a lot of people say Office died with Michael left. Um, but he actually said it was Jim and Pam's wedding. It gave loads of decent reasons why. And um, he also did for like Parks and Rex. He said, actually, Parks and Rex is an amazing ending, but it started so poorly. So he said, well, what's the episode of when it was born? And uh, he did a Family Guy one, and he said it's probably the when Stewie kills Lois episode. Uh, Lois episode. Oh yeah, uh, that was that it, it became very self-aware sort of thing. Yeah, and then after that, it, it just sort of lost its its way. And I'd probably agree with that. Cause that's, I still watched a bit more, a few more seasons maybe after that, but it was never as good. Whereas I really enjoyed all the seasons before that part. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, did you know um, that they released? So this shows that sort of like the gags were becoming very sort of forced. They released um, Seth MacFarlane's Cavalcade, the cartoon comedy at one point, which was basically a bunch of cutaways that never made it into episodes. And it shows they almost sort of like were forcing the cutaways to be in the episodes because they'd come up with these ideas. What, that they liked in the writer's room, obviously. Yeah, and the fact that they couldn't even shoehorn them in and just did a um, sort of straight-to-DVD release of all the additional content. It shows it, really. Yeah. So, yeah, it has its place, and I think it did a lot for animated um, comedies, but um, there's just been so many better versions since then that have, have sort of perfected the brand, in my opinion, yeah. or the concept, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, can I quickly give a shout-out to Archer, that also scored very lowly in um, the poll with the audience? Because, honestly, if you guys haven't watched it, watch it. And if you struggle to get past after they, in quotation marks, killed Archer... Continue watching because it does get better. I promise you. I remember having a really long conversation playing Minecraft with you about you talking about your passion for Archer. It's so good, but I've not included it in my list for some reason, and I love it. Um, I think it's because it's not that obscure either. Yeah, it's a bit more of a simpler watch. Not yeah, if that makes sense. but it's very very clever. So quick honorable mention for that because I suddenly realised that it's not going to get a mention, and it really did does. Maybe I'll create a category at some point for us so that I can especially mention it. Right, moving on to number one. My number one is... You know what? After I said about Solar Opposites, will it be my number one? I think this one still would be my number one choice. Like, if it, even if I was allowed to pick mainstream choices, mm-hmm. I think this would be here. Because it really is a great show that's been running since 2003, um, which has been some time. And it only got cancelled last year. But I'll talk about that in a second. And there's only been 81 episodes as well. Over the space of that. Okay. So what? how many years is that? 17 years and 7 seasons. And it's a show called The Venture Brothers. It is honestly... So again, a show that you can catch on Channel 4. Every single episode is on there still. Promise you that. You can go away and watch that now if you want to. Um, and it stars um, the adventures of this family called The Venture Family. So uh, Thaddeus Rusty Venture was 
an old sort of um what's the word for him? But an old sort of like um child mystery solver type person. I can't think of the exact words that they use child detective? in a show. Say again? Child detective. Child detective. Yes, that's the word that they use. He was an old child detective, and he had a, a cartoon based on his life, and his dad sort of was this big scientist and everything. And it's he's now grown up, and he's got kids called Hank and Dean Venture, who themselves are child detectives, but they're not really. They're both very simple. And it they've also got a bodyguard called Brock Sampson, who's voiced by um slowing down while I quickly look Patrick Warburton, who plays Joe from Family Guys. Oh yeah. Um. And it's basically just their misadventures, and there's this supervillain um, called the Monarch, who sort of he absolutely hates um, Rusty Venture with a passion, always trying to get him. But there's rules that they have to sort of follow, um, being with being villains, and there's it was all sort of created when Rusty was younger. And I really don't think I'm selling it that well, but it's so good. It sort of it parodies so many different things, like the most recent series before it got cancelled, parodied like the sort of um, super teams of recent years with um at one point they sort of uh the blue morpho became a thing and he was a parody of the green hornet and it's just an, a fantastic comedy and each episode it really does have an impact on the previous one and it's so good in that sort of respect and there's some really sort of dark themes that happen there but also absolutely hilarious at the same time um just really recommend it and i'm annoyed i didn't write a speech on how good it is because i don't think i'm selling it as well as it should be sold but it's honestly fantastic. Well, and okay. they, they to, spend so long over each episode as well. Sell, you, you've, like I said, you've, the fact... you've explained well sort of the concept of it. Yeah. Sell me, I guess, on the sort of the, the quick emotional pitch. Like, why is it that hard? So without, like, what it's about, what is it about that show that makes it so good for you? It's sort of the family element of it all and sort of the fact that Rusty's had this life in which he didn't like when he was younger and he's trying this get his kids not part of that life like that's not a massive part of it it is an all and out all out comedy at the same time but there's actual but just growth so well done. and heartwarming moments oh, within it yeah and the characters grow up as well like hank and dean they're in like high school when the series begins and then they have their prom at some point in the show and then in the final episode they've all moved to new york well not the final episode the final season they've all moved to new york and they're off doing other jobs and in, in college and university and stuff like that so the actual characters age as well that's interesting brock Sampson is the biggest badass of all time. So I'm going to pause the podcast here for a split second and send you a clip that I will share on our Instagram account. Just got to Google it very quickly. So the setup to this scene is um, the boys have been stolen by a woman who claims to be their mother um, and Brock Sampson's trying to get him back. I've just shared it with you on WhatsApp. And for those who don't know, have a look at this clip on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. I'll post it on there. Um, and it's just the best and coolest way to enter a car ever. That's the only lead up you need to it. So this guy who's going, who's waiting with a sword on his belt, is he a venture boy? No, the with a sword on his belt. So, yeah, with like a dagger or sword. He's got like a black t-shirt on. Oh, yeah. with the, No, that's Brock Sampson. He's their bodyguard. Right, that is cool, though. <laughs> the best way to enter a car ever. <laughs> Brock Samson is just the ultimate kill machine. At some point, though, he has his um, uh, license to kill taken off of him, and he struggles with that. <laughs> but yeah, it's honestly such a good thing. And annoyingly, it got cancelled. So the last season was in 2018, I want to say. Um, and then they announced it got cancelled earlier last year. They'd already started at, um, season eight and started uh, writing it and everything. However, 
they recently announced. Um, so in 2012, tw- sorry, 2020 is when they announced it is um, cancellation. They announced just the other week that they're going to be um, making a movie to f- finish off all the plot lines. So thankfully, we're going to see an ending to the That's show. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It shows it must have a proper but, following. Oh yeah, it's got. I'd say it's got a, quite a big following, but not massive, massive. Because honestly, the fact, like I say, only eighty-one episodes over the space of sixteen years—that's minuscule, really. But it shows that they sort of they don't want to release episodes if they're not good quality. They want to sort of put out good content, and it it really does show. It's also I read recently that it's the last um, animation that's actually completely hand drawn. Instead of like you know using a tablet or things like that, it's completely hand drawn. What I like about this as well is, again, the reason we made this show is this concept of the top five. It's not just because it's an interesting concept, although it is. It's because I genuinely use this idea of like when I'm like oh, I want to get into something new or I'm out of ideas for what I normally watch. I think your yeah. my top five will probably just be people go oh yeah I love that show or oh yeah that I remember that. Whereas I think you're giving people genuine here's a show you've probably never heard of. And, you know, you're going to have someone who's going to get people fun, a new show, they end up loving it. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Well, I'll say an example. I was speaking to a friend I haven't spoken to in a very long time. Cause he used to, I used to work with him, but he moved to uh, Bristol. Mm-hmm. And uh, he basically he posted a picture of some ale on Instagram and said about different flavours. I said, oh, how amazing would it be if they invented an all-day um, dinner, a three-course meal sort of ale, so you could taste all three flavours as it went down. Um, anyway, that's by the by. Um, he then laughed at that, and then he said, um, "Oh, by the way, I'm really loving your podcast. Um, really enjoyed the latest episode on Netflix shows, and I um, watched Middle Ditch and Swartz. I'm not into comedy shows like that, but I really enjoyed it. Oh, nice recommendation that we gave, and someone's gone away and watched. That's so cool. Yeah. That so thanks, Andy. Thanks, Andy. You've made our day. There's, there's your shout out for the day. Yeah. So highly recommend Venture Bros. I know I probably didn't sell it as well as I really wanted to, but it's a if you start watching it, you'll understand why. It's a bit of a difficult concept to try and sell. It's It's got a lot of different sort of genres in there, but it does work so well. No, I think, well, if it's been number one, I've got to give it a go. Yeah. Uh, I think give it a bit of time as well. It's one of those sort of shows. It gets better the longer it goes on. Well, and with that then, you're going to have to give my number one a go, because I don't know if you've ever seen it. Oh, okay. So there's going to be a show that I'm going to have to mention at the so end. So my number one is a show called Happy Tree Friends. Is it No, actually? it's not. It's Invincible on Amazon oh. Prime. What a <laughs> fucking show. Oh my God. I, I can't stop yes. thinking about it. So this was the show that I was really... So the two shows I was really hoping you'd mention would be Solar Opposites and Invincible. How would Invincible not have been your number one? That is so good. I think it would have been my number My three. biggest sell for anyone who's listening to this who's not really into animated shows. And congratulations if you got all the way to number one and you're not even into animated shows. It's like, fuck it, I'll listen. Yeah. Um, my missus hates animated shows really on the whole she's not a big fan of stuff like that um but i told her the concept so i watched the first episode. did i watch it with you the first no, no i didn't did i tell you about it? i knew about it but i'd forgotten about it if that makes sense and then you yeah. told me oh yes and i watched it it's really good and i was like oh yeah and then i was like fuck it's so good so i watched the first episode and i tell her about it and she's like actually that sounds really interesting uh you know watch the first episode again with me if i like it we can watch it i ended up watching it over two or three days and it was just so so good. Yeah. I had another one of my friends um, texting me about it because I told him as well. And each episode, he just wanted to know, like, gets and texting me about it. It's like, I can't text you about it because I'm going to spoil something. Like, you really need to watch all episodes before I start talking <laughs> about this show. Like, it's so good. Words can't put into words. It's insanely good. So, well, I... it's about a boy. 
yeah, do you want to explain what it's about? It's your choice. So, Invincible. I'm just passionate about it is too. It's a show that's based off really the Justice League and the DC universe. Um, but it's a it's an adaptation of a comic as well. Yeah, isn't it? by um Robert Kirkman who does the Walking Dead. And it, so, look at I guess is what what if this was in the real world, um, not just you know a superhero world. So. What happens then is we follow a, a character who is the son of, I guess, the, the version of Superman. Yeah. Who Are you trying to talk about this without giving many Yeah, spoilers? exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's why I keep sort of pausing, because I'm going to say something that I know I shouldn't say. So this version of Superman is called Omni-Man. Yeah. And his son essentially um, hasn't had powers his whole life, but they're, they're, they're going to come, and they, they come quite early in the first episode. So it's sort of looking at it from his point of view as he sort of is finding his way in the world as, as a new young superhero called Invincible. Um, yeah. Whilst also looking at Omni-Man's sort of presence in the world as this sort of Superman, godlike, the hero of heroes character. Um, yeah. And I guess it's as well as this look at like the family life of Superman. You know, he's got a wife, he's got a child. He's not just a superhero all the time. Um and yeah, and it, like I said, without spoiling things, because there's a huge, huge spoiler at the end of the first episode that just makes yeah. So what? Makes, don't give up after the credits. Yeah, exactly. Continue watching, and then well, I think you'll be hooked once you've done that. But it's yeah, it's yeah, because I wasn't until those end credits. I wasn't massively, but I don't know why I had in my head. I felt I feel like from the trailer, I'd maybe got that idea that something. Maybe similar, or maybe the trailer showed it. I can't remember, but I didn't. I don't think I've watched the trailer. I knew nothing about the show going in, and I've not. I refused to read about it as it was going on. It's a show that because there's so many things to spoil, I really can't talk about. I can't sell it. It no. just sounds shit saying it out loud because I'm so much to... of it is is about that. The show really starts at the end of the first episode, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And there's a bit of a mystery going on there as well. I'd say. Yeah, that, um, exactly. Yeah, builds up a mystery for the rest of the season of, of why. I'm trying to get the cast list. Well, up I've got it here. Because You've got Sandra O, oh, obviously, was amazing in uh, Grey's Anatomy and Killing Eve. You've got yeah. Stephen Young, who plays the main character, who was from The Walking Dead, and he played Glenn. You've got J.K. Yeah. Simmons, the absolute... I mean, I've, Who me and, me and my friend laughed about like when he was hexing about. It's like, do you think J.K. Simmons has, like... Uh, clause in his contract if there's any mustachioed man he has to play him i don't i i think i think jk simmons is now big enough that they give his characters a mustache do you know that was my friend's response <laughs> as well but i tell you what he, he, go, he goes into offices of people like drawing cartoons and stuff and he's like hold on a second oh, i want to play I've this guy to give him give him a mustache well i am um... I don't think he would have got this role without Whiplash. Have you seen Whiplash? He's incredible. I haven't, but I've heard it's great. Um, yeah. Anyway, cast list. Then you've got Gillian Jacobs Good. from Community. Yeah. You've got Walton Goggins from Justified. Who I fucking love. Started rewatching Justified. You've yeah. got Andrew Reynolds, who or Reynolds. Yeah, he was from Book of Mormon. So he's a uh, musical actor. Yeah, he also. What have I seen him in there? That's not what I know him from. He was in Big Mouth, another great cartoon. Uh, why him? Okay. I think. And then. That Daniel Radcliffe? No. James Franco. Yeah, James Franco. And Brian Cranston, yeah. Um, What else have I seen him in? How Many Mother? Okay. Yeah, Girls, that's what I know him from. I know him from the TV show Girls. Fair enough. Um, 
Yeah, there's, probably, there's quite a few probably more um, for those ones to jump out. To well, I'm going to say a few more there, in my opinion, you've missed. Yeah. Um, Marshall at Alley. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. Zazie Beats, Jonathan Groff. Um, Did you say Tracy Beak? No, Zazie Beats. Oh. She plays Domino from uh, What's My Jig? Mark Hamill. Yeah, Mark Hamill's in it. Zachary Quinto, Jason Madzukis, Seth Rogen. Like, it's insane, the cast list of this show. And some of them appear for just one or two lines. Like, Seth Rogen's character is barely in it. Um, but you can see, you get an idea he's going to be a big character in season two. You mentioned Zachary Quinto, um, by the way. Yeah, as Robot. And yeah. and also, just, Robot, by the way, has got to be one of the best sort of characters I've seen in a show ever. And a great art. Yeah, great art. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to say one thing that isn't a sp- I'm going to try and say it without spoiling anything. And then I'll tell you there's, if you delete it or not. Yeah, there's a big battle at the end of the show. As you know, it's a superhero show, so there's, of course there's going to be fights and battle scenes. This battle scene is everything that Avengers Endgame wanted to be, which is insane to say because I loved Endgame. I feel like the fight in this massive city, there's real casualties there. Like, And the main character, Invincible, is unable to save people. Like, at one point, there's a girl falling from a building, and he's, sort of, he's unable to fall, um, save her. And at the end, he just pulls out an arm of this girl that he's just been holding yeah. on to. Like, it's really brutal. And then there's a bit of a, more of a fight scene that's sort of on a... Uh, well, in a train station. Oh, yeah. And basically... Invincible just goes through this train because he is invincible, he can sort of take the damage. Goes through this train, completely destroying this train, and you see all the sort of civilians being completely ripped up and destroyed as he goes through. But that's what I mean by it's like a superhero sort of show that looks at what it'd be really like. You know, the collateral damage of, of, of these you know, beings that are so powerful. I'd say, actually, if you look at boys and want to take it one step further, that's what Invincible kind of is in terms of class. It's a damage. better version of boys. It, yeah. Well, and I think, I think, it, I think boys, it can do it because it's animated. Boys is the human look at what would heroes in the real world look like. And it also looks, I guess, most of the, the heroes being dicks and abusing their power, whereas Invincible looked more at the superhero side, I guess, of of the, it humanizes the heroes, doesn't it? I guess without just making yeah. them all bad guys like it does in boys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, highly recommend the show. It's on Amazon Prime. Go watch it now, everyone. Yes. Go, do like so. Watch one episode of Adventure Brothers, then one episode of Invincible. One episode. I don't. I don't think you'll be able to watch less than one episode of Invincible. What? What? I would say is I think Invincible works for anyone at any level. Yeah. Does that make sense? I think even if you're not into superhero films. Even if you're not into animation, I think you would still enjoy Invincible. It's a great just show, generally great writing, great acting. Yeah, there's times when it can seem a bit slow, but stick yeah, with it. Hundred percent. I'm forgetting that. I want might rewatch it. Yeah, I might rewatch it. Soon. I watched it with my little boy. At the times I was thinking, like, I'm not sure I should be watching this with him. Lots of bright <laughs> colours, lots of red. <laughs> yeah, that's the way I kept on justifying it to myself. It's like at the moment it's sensory for him. He doesn't understand what this is. <laughs> but if he turns into a serial killer, it's your fault now. Yeah, one hundred percent. I uh, yeah, that that body counts on me. Mm. Right, great list there. Yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that, one. that one. Education. And I hope I hope I've given a list of different shows there that because I've watched every episode of every one that you've. Said to me, yeah. 
because I am a loser, I still watch Family Guy even if I don't enjoy it that much. Because I just find I don't know what it is about adult animation. I just enjoy watching it. It's easy to stick on in the background sometimes, and I don't need to pay attention. Yeah, to no, it. definitely. I understand. Um, like I, say, I like for me. I like animation when I'm not feeling well. Yeah. Um. But yeah, really enjoyed making that list, and I really hope people go away and watch these shows that they haven't heard of before and come back and actually have said they've enjoyed them. Yeah, let us know because you know follow us. Follow us on social media at Mum and Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn now. LinkedIn, no, are we? <laughs> Getting all those job adverts. <laughs> um, also, if you do like us, give us a review as well on Spotify, Apple, and all those shows. It helps with our numbers, and we really would appreciate it. Oh, yeah, I don't think we've ever asked that before, have we? That probably we no, should be. <laughs> this is how shit we are at Pod. That probably should be the thing we were pushing from day one. Yeah, rate and review. Hey, yeah, you know that actual platforms that we're on? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't just follow us on social media. <laughs> oh No, I thought about that the other day and realised that actually we should be asking for rate and reviews if you've enjoyed the podcast. So please do if you have enjoyed it. And honestly, if you're going to go away and just watch one of the shows we've mentioned today, let it be Invincible. Yeah. That'll be the one show that I'll really push. Yeah, I would too. Yeah. Right, next week, we've got a choice because we pushed back and I'll let you make that choice, Mike. No pressure. Yeah. So, we can go with open world games. Yes. Or fictional mothers. Here's my thought about open world games. We've done online games. Yeah, I'm happy to go fictional mothers. Yeah, I think fictional mothers. And then in two weeks after that, it's Father's Day, so we can go with fictional fathers. Okay, let's do it. All right. So that'll put us back on track. Nice. Yeah. Sorry again for that week's delay. I've got an idea as well, actually. Switch mm-hmm. up honourable mentions next to podcast them and do honourable okay. mothers and honourable fathers that piss us off. Okay, unhonourable mentions. Yeah, yes, unhonourable mentions. Okay, so on the sixth of June is fictional mothers. On the twentieth of June is fictional fathers. However, on the thirtieth of June we've got something a bit different. Not thirtieth, thirteenth of June. Sorry, it's football, baby. It is football. So this is a topic I've got no idea about. Baby. Ah, <laughs> oh, do you know what I haven't shoehorned in this week? What's that? Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. That was so good. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Did it make you laugh when uh, you were editing it? <laughs> yeah, it really did. <laughs> I was like, oh god, did I really just say bingo as though it was a normal thing to can say? You, can you hear my pauses? I'm clearly like processing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely can. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, so on the thirteenth of June, we've got top five football matches. However, I'm not really into football, so I haven't got a top five football matches. I'm not sure how popular this episode's going to be either. But I think stick with us. If you enjoy us, you'll enjoy the episode. It's a bit different to what we've normally done. Well, but we've got a guest in that week. Yeah, I, I think it'll be nice then because this is where you're just taking a pure hosting role and just leading yeah. the conversation, asking the questions. Um, Which I think from someone who isn't into football could be quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. Trying to get viewpoints from that side exactly. of it. Exactly. Um, you know, I, I just love learning about anything. Yeah. So do you want to say who our guest is going to be? Yeah. Uh, this is this is a big coup, and our numbers could really boost from this. It's Wayne Rooney. So we're genuinely excited about this. It's massive. So you'll have to uh, stick through for next week for that one. Absolutely. In two weeks. In three weeks. Yeah, t- two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Um, no, it's my friend Sean. So um, we are going to be looking at <laughs> your friend Sean. If he's listening to this episode, he's like, "What the fuck? <laughs> I thought they've got me." <laughs> um, 
I managed to get Wayne Rooney. <laughs> so yeah, that would uh, that would have been cool, but he was apparently busy. Yeah, maybe maybe next year washing the, washing his implanted hair. Apparently, yeah. There we go, going again. Yeah. Um, right. Shall we end our weekly ramble? Yeah, let's do it. Um, this is the end of the show. Bingo. Now we must go. Bye. <laughs> See you later, everyone. <laughs>